to Driving the Narrative, Women in Architecture, a podcast by SB Architects. I'm your host, Jeanette Hoffman. Throughout this series, I'll be delving deeper into what it means to be a woman in architecture. Today, we have two incredible guests for you, Project Manager Katie Denny and Precon Assistant Coordinator Eva Hartman from Brassfield and Gorey. At SB Architects, we've collaborated with Brassfield and Gorey on many projects, and I have personally just finished working with the team on the newly opened Omni PGA Frisco Resort in Dallas. Eva and Katie have been working in this historically male-dominated industry of construction for eight years and 20 years, respectively. During this fascinating discussion, we delve into the evolution of their careers in industry and the steps we take to make it more appealing and accessible for women. Good morning, Eva and Katie. How are y'all? Good morning. Doing good. Good morning. Yeah. We have our lovely women from Brasswood and Gory with us today, and I'm very excited about this. So Eva, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of how you got into the construction world, because your story, I think, is super interesting. Um, and yeah, let us let us go. Sure. Um, I'm Eva Hartman. I've been at Brassfield and Gory for 18 years. Um, I actually started prior to that 18-year mark, um, straight out of high school. I was a hostess at a restaurant, a co-worker that worked with me in that restaurant, also worked at Brassfield, and they were hiring for a part-time position. She offered it to me, and I took it. So I was 18 years old. I knew nothing about construction, mm-hmm. um, but I quickly realized I wanted to, to learn more. So um, I started part-time, I got promoted to receptionist, and then I left the company. Um, I came back and they offered me a job and I've been here ever since, 18 years and and counting. That's awesome. And But your degree is not in construction, correct? Yeah, my degree is in political science from UCF. So you, I mean, as an 18-year-old, did you ever think you were going to be ending up in this industry, in this world? Like No, not at all. And I, I didn't think I'd want to be, um, <laughs> but there were... Even back then, even 18 years ago, there were other women in the office that had like construction leadership roles. Like there was a pre-con manager, there was marketing. And so it was like easy to see that there is a path for women, um, no matter what that is. And, you know, I have an assistant role um, versus a project management role, but I still feel very fulfilled and, you know, growing in my career, even 18 years later. Right. So visibility was important. And you saw these other women around you doing this and you're like, Oh, I didn't, you know, I would think as an 18 year old, I was the same way. I would think there probably wasn't much room for a, for a woman to be in the, in the construction industry. That just doesn't seem like it fit at the time. Right. But, but seeing the other women, I guess we always talk about this, but it's so true. Visibility is so important. Like you see somebody Absolutely. else doing it. You're like, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I belong. Awesome. Sure. What about, okay. So Katie, what about you? You've been at Brassfield on and off for a while now too. 18 years is a long time, but I think Katie's, Katie's got some time in there too. <laughs> yeah. I, I started full-time in 2015 and then I initially started interning in uh, shoot, I think it was 2013. And previously, so my degree's in civil engineering and previously I had worked for a civil engineer and I was like, you know, this is okay. I like it. Um, and then a family friend of mine was like, you know, you should try out Brassfield and Glory and see what you see what you might think about it. And so I started co-oping with them or interning, doing an extended internship. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. So I, I remember like I was actually working as an intern. I had like agreed to stay on past my internship time. 
um, while I had my full-time interview. And so like I had my full-time interview, all nice suit and everything. And then after I was done, I went back to my office and went back to work. <laughs> I'm going to take this off now, I was go like, back to my day job. <laughs> I'm like, man, I really hope it went well. It's yeah. us. This is going to be awkward. <laughs> like, um, and so then started full-time in 2015 um left the company in 2018 to actually move overseas for a little while with my now husband and um then came back at the end of 2019-2020 uh to the Dallas office and started up again with Brassfield and Gory. That's awesome. Um so both of y'all have I guess almost 10 years then 18 years in the field or at Brassfield specifically what do y'all think it was or is about Brassfield that makes you want to stay. Eva, I know you have a couple of layers to family being at the firm too. So it's a little bit more complex, but just, you know, what makes you want to stay at Brasso? What makes you feel like this, this is the spot to stay at that there isn't something better out there. You know, we have this kind of grass is greener mentality sometimes. Yeah. I think Katie and I probably have a similar answer to this, but it's the people hands down, the people, the culture, um, you feel valued, you feel heard. Um, you alluded to this, but I met my husband here um, 15 years ago. Well, I met him 18 years ago. We've been married 15 years. We have two children. Um, most of my lifelong friends that I have, I met here at PNG, or they're an extension of someone that I met. Um, so I think you just, it's a sense of family and community. And I couldn't imagine the grass being greener anywhere else. So yeah. I'm going to stay put. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with Eva. I mean, it's the people. It's the people that you work with. You're truly on a team that actually cares about you. You know, you're not just another number. You're not just another warm body on a project. Like, you truly have value and people listen to you. Um, and I also got my husband to start working at Brassfield and Gory, too. So <laughs> it's a family <laughs> affair for us as well. How long, how long um, has he been at Brassfield now, Katie? He started in 2021 so he's just about two years a little over two years that's about um, how long I've been at SB it, so yeah I started like okay January 2022 so about the it, same it's funny because now that he works for Brassfield I'm like do you understand when I come home and like talk about certain things like some <laughs> of the frustrations about the, the job just, you know yes. in general and I was like did you believe me before or do you actually believe me now like now that yeah. you have to do it yeah yeah you um, said you shook your head and say yeah you got that but now you really <laughs> see or sometimes that you know yeah. one guy or one woman has that tone you know like you, you see mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying I'm not mm -hmm. crazy mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Um, I like, I like the validation, always looking for some validation. <laughs> I will definitely second what y'all both just said though. I, I know I told y'all this when we talked last time, but I need to say it on this podcast that Russell is amongst the nicest people and the best contractor I've ever worked with. And I meant that when I worked with um, Chris and the team back in, gosh, what was that? 2015 or something like that when Renaissance was Eva, cause you were up there. Um, yep. And now again with Omni, I just, the family aspect, the friendliness, just, just like this overall respect for one another, for other consultants, for the architect. Um, I've never worked in an environment that just constantly felt like mutual respect just across the board. You know, we could have bad days, but it was never personal. You know, you can have a bad day and, ha and, and not be in a good mood or be fussy that day. You know, we all are human. We're not, we're not always going to put a smile on, especially when we're in high stress environments high stress situations, you know, on site, y'all know better than anyone. 
it is high, high stress. Everything's a fire, right? Because it's happening in real time. We don't have the luxury of having time to go think about how we're going to fix it. You know, what does it feel like to sort of sometimes be in this male dominated environment, you know, and that just lends itself to some awkwardness sometimes, or someone not understanding something. It's not, again, probably not anything personal usually, but what does it feel like to kind of be y'all's, y'all's world is a lot more male dominated than mine. Yeah. I mean, I think it can be intimidating. Um, I'm not on a job site and I don't have a role where I would be, you know, level with a male doing the same thing as me. So my answer is probably a little bit different. Um, I support the men in the company and Mm -hmm. the women in the company. So from an assistant standpoint, it's a little bit different, but being out on the job site for Renaissance, um, it was a little intimidating to be out there and, and, you know, you, you really don't know a lot about what's going on. Um, but the thing about Brassfield, what drew me to it was that there were women in this field mm-hmm. and it has only gotten better. And having that, that vision of you can do this and no one looking at me like, oh, you're an assistant, stay in your lane. No, learn, come out, come to the job site, yeah. walk, take a reading, like a drawing class. I took a drawing class one time through ABC in Orlando, the oh. company paid for it um, just so that they could help me know what I was what I was helping with. Um, so I think, you know, my answer is probably different than Katie's because I don't do the same stuff. It's not, you know, level for level, but, um, it it is intimidating. Yeah. That's a good point. All good points though. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I, so I think it's different from when I started versus now. I think it's always changing. Like yes, yes, almost on like a monthly basis. It's changing. Uh, and I'm not saying like in a bad way or anything when I first started, but there's there's more women. There's more women in the same role that I'm in. There's more women like now on the field side of what we do. Um, there's more women in scheduling. You know, they're, they're showing up more in these areas. Um, and I think it's interesting because regardless of how long I've been here, it, and I'm sure this is across all groups, anyone who is married probably understands this as well. Like men just want to find where the boundaries are. Always. <laughs> They're a bunch they of have, little kids. They genuinely um, have no clue. <laughs> like like yeah. they, they just, they want to see what they can get away with and wh- yeah. where that line is. And so oh, I think part of also of like what we do is like, you're telling a, you know, 65 year old man, Hey man, that wasn't okay. And and then that's it. You know, you, you have a good yes. conversation and it's good and you're fine, but they're constantly trying to see where that line is. And I think they do that with everyone. I don't think it's specific just to women. Yeah. Um, I, I do find it very interesting because I come across this pretty frequently. Um, and it just depends on how you decide to kind of manage your role and whatnot. But I do find that sometimes when I am more stern or more like, we're not doing that, this is what we're doing. It, it's interesting in the room, people that kind of like look at you a little differently. And I'm like, okay, what are you, what are you thinking now? You know, uh, it, it, just because if I say, okay, this is the decision we're making, this is how we're going to proceed versus maybe one of my male counterparts, I think it's taken differently depending on how I express that. And so I, I do think I find myself sometimes kind of thinking through, okay, how do I want to get this message across the best so that not only like I get everybody on my team, they're seeing, you know, we're working together and wanting to do it, but I, I'm not doing it in such a way where it's going to hurt me in the future. Like, does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. I, I, it's how, how do you package your message so that everybody gets on board with what you want to do? Um, and, and you're, and you're showing authority without, 
all of the, you know, stereotypes, you know? I think, you know, Pernar Harris is one of our principals in Miami. She's wonderful. And when she was on here, we had her, I think, for like our second episode or third episode. But we talked about this pretty at, at length. I think it's such a fine line that I think men in general or people in general don't realize that women are kind of balancing sometimes about how to sound authoritative and sound educated and, but, and then also stern, right? But without someone, it somehow crossing into that layer of us sounding like a bitch. And it's like, you know, if a guy was yelling at you or being as strong, as stern with you or as um, honest with you about something, they would just be seen as they want the job done. And, you know, we can do the exact same thing. And it, it's just the way it, it's, it is in life right now. And it'll take a little time and that's okay. It's not, it's not the construction world. It's not any world. It's the our world right now. I actually uh, had the pleasure of working with Eva's husband on a previous project. And I remember at one point we were talking about something and he looked at me and he was like, how much, and he just kind of pointed to his forehead and he was like, how much do you have going on in there? And I was like, <laughs> so much. So Don't much. ask. Don't so ask. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> So much and I was like and everything's on fire like <laughs> so much I think some men you know, like Chris who works with even you know they have conversations and good communication where it's like I think also some of them are starting to understand like some of that burden that we do have in terms of yeah. like all yeah. the things I think about because I'm a new mom I have an eight-month-old and so it's interesting now where it's like my mind is split like I am at work and I'm doing my but I'm also wondering, like, hey, has her diaper changed to daycare? Like, when was the last time that that happened? And it's interesting because I'm working with some guys on site now, and one of them just point blank was like, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know like, what that is. He's like, I have, he's like I, I have four kids, and I go to work, and, like, I don't think that I, – I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was like, well, I appreciate you for being honest with me. Yeah. Like, thank you yeah. for <laughs> – but it it is, it's just, it's a very different experience. I think being in an environment where you feel safe to just be yourself and have a, you know, have that mom moment where you're like, sorry, I completely zoned out. I was thinking about if my baby's diaper was changed right now, <laughs> you know, and go and come yeah. and zone back in and be, be the site manager again. I love that people at Brassfield, like it's a family also. So like people understand it. It's like, get your work done, take care of your family. Like, and those, those two items are like, you know, on the same level. It's not necessarily that like work has to come first. It's like, are you a full human being and taking care of your family and, you know, in excelling at work and like past that, they care. If you're a family oriented company and you truly mean it, you understand if Eva needs to leave early to go pick up a kid with 102 fever, there's nothing she can do. Chris is on site. Eva's got to leave. I mean, and you just, you got to do what you got to do because they also know Eva's going to be there tomorrow and finish her all of everything she needs to get done. Right. It doesn't matter. So, but having a company that understands the family values and cares about that equally is so important. <laughs> so important. Mm -hmm. um, but Eva, you talked a little bit about like the classes and things that you had done to sort of help foster your career and understanding of the site. And I think that mentorship at Brassfield is super important, but I want y'all to kind of talk about what y'all do as far as mentorship in your office and across the firm. Yeah. So um, that, that construction class, like I had entertained the idea. They're like, you know, do you want to be an estimator? Like this is when we were called estimators, but like, would you want to be a pre-con manager? And I'm like, I don't really know, you know, so they sent me and let me do that class. And I just realized that estimators I, I, aren't estimators. Sorry to cut. No, we're pre-con managers now. 
<laughs> yeah. A more elevated term. Because it's not just mm -hmm. estimating. We do I get more. it. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead, Edith. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so so they they entertained that. They allowed me to go and see if that was something that I wanted and they encouraged it and it never said like, no, you're you're an assistant, you can't be a pre-con manager. Um, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So, you know, figuring it, that you, out. We should explore good. it. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always felt like even in an assistant role, the the pre-con managers have always been there to be my guide and to mentor me. Um, I had a vice president in our healthcare division, Jeff Calvin, he's retired now, but he, he made me his little project and he just always checked on me and just wanted to make sure that I was learning and growing and happy. And he said, you know, you don't have to have a construction job in the industry, but if you want to do good, you need to know construction. So he would come by and quiz me on like my CSI divisions yeah. and just do like, you know, just fun stuff like that. Just making sure that I was growing and learning. And the more that I learned about the industry, the more I was able to support my team because you, more, the more you know about what they do, you can, you know, support them more. Right. So uh, mentorship has always been something that some people have done for me. Um, and now, you know, I guess it's been three years ago, I was promoted to a pre-con assistant coordinator. It was a new role in the company. Um, and so that basically means that I get to mentor all of the assistants throughout um, our whole company. And that's been really cool. So it's kind of come full circle. I was mentored by all these people and now I get to do it for um, the other pre-con assistants and, and I love it. So you get to pay it forward. Yeah. How many people, how many people are you um, there's seven. So there's eight pre-con assistants, including myself. So there's seven and they're all throughout the company. So we've got Orlando, Raleigh, Atlanta, Birmingham, Nashville. What about you, Katie? Um, how do you feel like mentorship applies to site and how in your everyday work? I like, I would not be where I'm at without having mentors along the road. It, there's to a certain extent, you know, a lot of what we do is you learn it as you do it. You kind yeah, of you get yeah. thrown into it and you figure it out. Um, but there are kind of those intangible things on just like how to make your job easier um, and, and just basic experience that you have to lean on those above you. Um, I had a great senior project manager when I was an intern who after lunch or at the end of the day on Friday, he's like, let's just go walk the job. And we, he would just point things out and be like, this is affecting this, this, and this, you know, kind of building the web of like how everything kind of comes together, um, which is how my brain works as it is. Like, I need to know like the before and the after to understand like the true issue that we're having. Um, and it was great because it just, it gave me so much knowledge and confidence about like what I was looking at and what I was thinking through. Um, he also helped me to just like understand like, okay, if you have a question, here's where you start, start on the drawings, right? Or look in the specifications, okay? Didn't see it there, okay? What about a previous RFI? Or what about a submittal? You know, kind of here's your problem solving steps that you can use to, for anything. Um, and then for me, like as I've grown in my career, um, I've had the opportunity to mentor people below me. There's a program that we do for all new project managers. Um, we bring them in across the company. Uh, there will be about four or five kind of uh, older managers like myself um, that will be kind of the coaches older. or team leaders. Yeah, older. 
She's not old, everyone. And, uh, <laughs> uh, more experience, yes. perhaps. Uh, and uh, it's all of these people that are just out of school. Um, and so it, what I like is that in those teaching classes and whatnot, I'm just like, hey, here's what I did. And that was a mistake. Like, please learn from my mistakes and just, you know, do something different or try something new. Now, obviously, everybody's going to find their own path and whatever. But I love those opportunities because one, I get to kind of talk about what I've seen, what I've done, things that didn't work for me, things that have worked for me, as well as I'm like, call me, text me, you know, with all, sometimes with your direct manager, you're intimidated to like ask questions because you're like, man, that's a dumb question. I can't ask that. And so any of those classes, I'm like, Hey guys, like you can ask me the dumb question. I'll tell you, you know, And, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about that with your direct manager, like shoot me an email, shoot me a text or whatever. And like, I will, I'll get back. No to judgment. Um, Here, if, let me know. Kind of, yeah. Right. No judgment. You know, if, if you're asking me like, what, what is tile? That's cool. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Right. Like, you know? Um, and so I've really enjoyed that part of kind of mentoring the younger people and be like, let's just talk about it. I don't know what you don't know if you don't tell me. Um, and, and, you know, just be honest. You don't have to act like you know everything because we'll probably pick up yeah. whether or not you're kind of fluffing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's my biggest thing is that like, I think what really helps me is kind of the the tools to do the job rather than the job itself. The job's always going to be different. Your problems are always going to be different. It might be the same. It might still be a drywall thing, but it's like, okay, what are the tools that I use to figure this out? Uh, and that's what I try and like, you know, sprinkle over to some of the younger people, um, right. whether or not successfully, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I enjoy. And then, yeah, and just being a resource, like, please, please, before you do something, like, I have messed this up, call me if you want to, if <laughs> something's happening, because like, I've done it, I don't want you to have to go through that same thing, like, exactly. we can do better. <laughs> right, like, the, the lessons learned in this industry is so important and y'all are both so real and I think that's what also Brassfield is just so real like and y'all hire very young like I mean that's also another thing that's very inspiring about Brassfield I mean there's anybody in the room at any moment I feel very old in the room and I'm not that old either but I feel very old because of the young talent in the room which is also inspiring because they're so eager they're so ecstatic about just like being on site and how you know site makes you feel alive like no matter where you are it makes you feel you're watching it come to life so that just makes you feel alive but coming out of school, they're so eager, they're naive, you know, they still have to mess up a little bit and, you know, haven't had their tail between their legs moment yet, but just letting them know, hey, we, we mess up all the time. Like, and, and just being honest about when you do mess up or before they mess up saying, hey, I've, I've screwed this up before. So just listen, you, you, you probably will, or you might, but don't do this, this, and this, and just trust me, like, this is why we don't want to do it this way. But the lessons learned mentality is so, so big. And and just, again, that sort of safe environment, I feel like with Brassfield, like there was always, there's bound to be a day where you're in an OC, OAC meeting and you're the one that did something wrong. <laughs> if you dodge that through a whole project, then I, kudos to you, because I don't know how. There's bound to be a day where you've missed an RFI or you missed, you messed up on a submittal or you missed something in a specific spec that just caused a mess. And it, it, again, it might seem like a wildfire at the moment, 
but you learn from it. You learn to be more careful. You learn to take your time and not do four things at once. And that's why you missed it or whatever it was. But um, having that mentorship environment or that um, respectful environment that y'all can bounce off of each other that, hey, you had a bad day today. You messed up today, but tomorrow's going to be better. And we, you know, we all make mistakes and owning it, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing too. I think some of the, some of the younger guys are so afraid to make any mistake. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey man, it's gonna happen. You're going to make a mistake and it might cost money, but I'm here to tell you, it's going to be okay. Like tomorrow is still going to happen. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be here. We're going to figure it out. But I, I think sometimes there's, there's almost a paralysis that happens with not wanting to make a mistake. And I'm like, make the mistake. It's all that holds, it holds you back it. from making right. making decisions, right? You're like you're only hard, holding exactly. yourself back from learning by not but being so afraid of making the mistakes. And when you're young, that is like you said, yeah. it's par- it's paralyzing. You know, you don't want to yeah. ever be wrong, but it's gonna happen. Just let it go. Let it happen once, so that you can get used to it. <laughs> it's gonna happen a <laughs> yeah. lot. It's gonna happen a lot, and it's okay. But it's also how you learn. I mean, I think we've learned my best lessons in life, especially on site, by making a mistake first. You know. Um, so it's a really good point. Um, I know we don't have too, too much longer. So I just wanted to like talk to y'all about what do y'all, like your favorite part of your job day to day or moments that you've had that you were just like, man, this is what makes it all worth it. Do y'all have any of those to like reflect on or share with us? I mean, I think I enjoy being in pre-con. I, you know, have been receptionist. I've been project assistant. But pre-con is where my heart is because I enjoy the chase of a job. And especially mm-hmm. out in our Dallas market, not all of our work is negotiated. So yeah. we're RFPing, we're hard bidding, and it's that's fun. It taps into your competitiveness. I love sitting in the room and hearing the strategies on like how we're what we're gonna do that's gonna differentiate ourselves to try to get the job. Um, and so that's why I like to be in in pre-con. Um, but being will you tell the- us a little bit about Eva just or the, the, the room listening, <laughs> not yeah. everyone's from Dallas. Will you kind of talk about what, how pre-con differs here in DFW from just some other cities or other areas? Cause I think that's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, I probably don't have, as, I can try to speak on that, but the market is so saturated here. There's every big GC is here. You really have to get low. How are we going to make money on this job, but also beat our competitors um, and those are the interesting conversations to sit in the room and really hear people um, put their heads together and figure it out. You know, that's, I think, why we're not estimators anymore and we're pre-construction because there is so much more. So some strategy, a lot of strategy there. Exactly. So I like, I like being a part of those conversations. Um, not that I offer anything to the table sometimes, but it's so fun to hear and learn. Um, and then being in the pre-con coordinator role, being that mentor for seven different women on their journey is really cool. Yeah. And it was very hard to establish those relationships at first because they're in all over the Southeast and I'm in Texas. So, you know, I went out to each of their offices and introduced myself to them when I got promoted. That was awkward. Um, and, you know, because they don't know who I am and I don't know who they are, but hey, Hi. I'm going to... I'm going to be your mentor and I'm going to come tell you what to do (laughs) and you know, all this stuff. Um, But three years later, we go out to dinner. Now, when I go to the offices, we, we have a great relationship. Um, We text each other. I would say that they trust me. I trust them. So um, that's been super rewarding to build those relationships. That's amazing. I mean, having you um, in my, 
in my background, like or having you to have my back, I would feel really great. I think all of those women are very lucky to have you around because I'm yeah. sure you're an incredible mentor. So yeah, lucky ladies. What about you, Katie? My, shoot, all, all my days are different, it feels like. <laughs> but one of the things that I like love, first of all, I love group projects. Like I don't think anybody that we work with specifically also in this industry, like doesn't like group projects. Um, love the collaboration of it, but there's something like um, you have been grinding and you've been working to make a milestone in your schedule. Say you, this is your final concrete pour, or you got all of your final inspections on the floor. Like the feeling of everyone's like high-fiving and being like, we did it guys. Like we did it. And I mean, I'm getting kind of chills right mm-hmm. now thinking about it. Cause it's just like, it, it's, uh, you know, against all odds, everything's on fire. Blood, you're sweat, and tears. People are telling you yeah, you're two weeks behind. Like, right. And then you make it happen. And I love in our industry too. You know, so like, um, people that work in under other industries, like technology or tech or whatever, like they don't necessarily always have like a physical representation of all of your hard work. For us, it's like there are lights on in the building. Yeah, like I did so that. True. I made that happen. Um, and so for us, it's like those kind of milestones it's like their group got this done like we poured that slab and it's the last one and now you know we're completely vertical or whatever it is it's just like it's a huge moment everybody's pumped up everybody's excited um I love that I love being able to see the work that we put into place and being like I am proud of that um and then you know in the future I can take my babies there and be like mommy did this mommy was a part of the team that did this yeah yeah um yeah I love that I love you know I think that's one of the things that draws me to this industry too is that like you'll drive around downtown Dallas and I could be like I've worked in those two buildings I've worked we built that building you know you have it's just like wham in your face like we did that yeah Um, I don't think every industry gets to do that no Right. It's a very surreal feeling. I don't get to say I built it, but I get to say I designed it. And then I get to say there's just really yeah. incredible people that built that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't touch it. They they wouldn't let me. They don't need to let me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so funny talking about that. You know, Chris, my husband is a project manager, so he does build the projects. Um, and Renaissance was his first hotel um, that he worked on with you. And my daughter wanted to have, I'm like, what do you want to do for your birthday? This was several years ago. And she wanted a staycation at the hotel that her daddy built. So that's what we did. We got two joining rooms, one of her friends, and we pulled it up and hung out at the Renaissance. And it was like, I caught her on the phone. I'm like, what are you doing? And she was ordering room service. She got Sprite on room service. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, she told me, she was like, she was like, Katie, I had Sprite at like 11 o'clock. It was, we partied all night. And I was like, yeah, you did. Party animals. Living her best life. My dad built this. My dad built this. There's such a sense of pride, even in her, um, to to know that like he had a part in in building this awesome hotel. And she wanted to share that with her friends and just very cool. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's not a lot of careers where you can go look at, at this physical thing in front of you that's taken years, months, time to be put together and then it's finished. It's right. why the being on site is so invigorating. Like, I mean, I'm an architect and I can sit in the office and design the buildings all day, 
but going, it's why it's so important. And I can't say it enough on this podcast too, for designers to go out there and to learn and to see there's plenty of things that I've learned that I've done wrong. And that's why I love being on site. I went on site in Renaissance. I went on site when I was working in uh, Texas live with my other company, I went on site for Omni. God, I can't even tell you how many times, but it's because there's just simply, Chris can call me and pick up the phone. Maxwell can pick up the phone or Ross can pick up the phone or anybody, Brian, anybody can pick up the phone and tell me what's going wrong or ask me questions. But when you're out there and you see the speed at which those answers have to happen, or if that answer isn't happening at the speed that person's really looking for, who it affects. There's an entire assembly line of people, you know, waiting around to get that next step going to that are Katie going, are we going to meet the debt? Are we going to meet the final poor deadline? We have to, you know, are we going to meet it? Are we going to meet it? We have to do, and um, understanding how much pressure is on each person in each phase, uh, you know, whether it's rough in, whether it, whatever it may be, understanding those pressures that the guys are guys and women are going through. And um, also understanding how much of you have to put on your decision-making and making sure that um, as an architect, you're making the best decision so that I can put the best information on the page because if, I, if I'm leaving out information, it's, it helps you understand what information on the page is really, really important, right? Sometimes as architect, we're so separated from what we're drawing on the page and the person that's interpreting it, that when you go out to site, you learn who's interpreting it and how they're interpreting it. And you learn very quickly, if you leave a, spe a specific amount of information off the page, they have to just fill in and... <laughs> And that's not fair. So um, I think that it adds to that, like we've said this so much, but it adds to that layer of mutual respect. You know, I, I have so much respect for all the people on site that are making those decisions every day. And if I mess up or if I'm not answering something fast enough, it affects hundreds and hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. And seeing how many people are on that site to get a project <laughs> done it just never ceases to amaze me. I mean, anytime I'd go out there, first of all, I'd go out at least once a week, minimum, sometimes two times, sometimes three, the amount of work that was done in between the time I went out there on a Wednesday to the next Tuesday, I was out there or the next Monday. I'm like, there's a whole entire half of, the, of this ballroom built by now. How did that happen? But that's how many people you can hold up too, right? Like it goes both ways. So, um, just such respect for anybody in this industry that has to deal with everyday on-site um, decisions really for y'all. Um, what do you think is some of the biggest learning experiences or challenges you've had? I know this is a really fun question because one day it can be stairs and then the next day it could be water fountains. And then the next day, whatever it feels like on that particular day. But I mean, what's a challenge y'all think y'all uh, kind of dealt with that really sticks in your head and a milestone that you felt like you overcome? And do you have sort of some advice for, for young ones out there dealing with something like this? Um, I mean, I guess for me, it was just learning the industry, right? My degree is political science. I knew nothing about construction. I knew nothing about what a general contractor would do. Um, like, I just didn't know how any of those pieces came together. So learning that um, obviously was a huge challenge, um, but opened up a lot more doors. Um, so I think that learning those things helped in my promotion to pre-con coordinator that allowed me to then, you know, I'm really trying to instill that in all of the assistants as well. The same thing that Jeff Calvin did for me, like the more you learn about construction, the further you're going to go in this, like you don't have to stay in this bubble 
of ordering lunches. Like we, mm. we, can, we are so much more powerful and we can do so much more. Um, so I think that's kind of been my biggest challenges and my greatest rewards. Yeah. Be curious, um, right? Yeah, like curious. it's a, not, it's, it's not a bad thing, it. right? Like ask, yeah. the, ask the stupid quote unquote, stupid questions, but that's yeah. just curiosity, right? Ask oh, it. Yeah. Right. Take a stab at it. And, you know, I'll send something and say like, Hey, I, I drafted this invitation to bid. Let me know what you think. And they might mark it up. They might wordsmith it, but at least I took a stab at it, which meant I had to look at the specs and I had to look at the drawings and find a project description and list out the address. And, you know, I had to do more than, you know, just sending, hey, sending an email and saying, send me an ITV so I can get this issued. It's mm-hmm. that, you know, it's that anticipation and saying, okay, I'm going to draft this and send it to you. And then I'm being a little bit creative and I'm using my mind and, and I'm learning along the way. So it's been right. And then you're more confident about the next time. I mean, there's still the first time I do anything, I'm nervous about it, whether it's sending an email to a client or drafting an RFP, like, I'm just like, and then you do it. You're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) I didn't die. It's never as bad as I think it's going to be in my mind. I walk right. out of there. I'm like, hey, that mind is easy because in my mind, it was like the person just yelled at me for an hour. It's like, that's never reality. And then you get an email. It's like, thank you so much, Katie. And you're like, oh, uh, I just sworn they were going to be upset. But no, that, all right, thanks. Uh, I, so I, I have an example the further you get in a project and kind of what you were talking about is like getting in the field. So like the further you get along in your role as a project manager, like you might start with all the nitty gritty details and you're in the field and you're looking at things. And then kind of, as you progress, you're in more meetings, you're doing more paperwork, you're looking at financial schedules, you know, in similar other areas where it's just like, you get kind of more removed from being in the field all the time. Yeah. So recently one of my superintendents was like, we don't have enough lights in this bathroom. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? Like there are lights on the drawings, the lights are installed. Like I, what, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like you're saying that it's dark. That doesn't make sense to me. And so like, honestly, I just kind of like shrugged it off for like a week. I was like, they're going to figure it out. It's fine. So then I finally went down there uh, last week. We like closed all the bathroom doors and I was like, yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's real that's dark. Uh, in dark. Here. I should have, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> I'm like, huh, huh. And like looked on all the drawings, like, you know, lights not shown in there. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're definitely probably going to want to light there. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, I just continue to learn. It kind of piggybacks off of what Eva said too, like just being curious, continuing to learn. Like I'll ask the doll, door installer. I'm like, Hey man, like, w- how would you prefer to do this detail or what, what makes sense to you? You know, so like they can walk me through their thought process of how the things come together. Um, and then for, for me as well, like I'm such a visual learner. So like actually Absolutely. going and seeing it all of a sudden, I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Right. And if you didn't have that and, person on site or you didn't go out to the site yourself and go, Oh, you know, the drawings can lie. Drawings lie a lot. Our drawings kind of just yeah, lie. It, and so until you yeah, experience like, that space, you, you, sometimes we don't, we don't know as designers, the lighting designer might not know. Right. Sometimes it just yeah. gives off a different yeah. look than we would expect for whatever reason. The natural light outside is different, whatever the reason may be. So being on site, there mm-hmm. you go. Like something so small, but happens all the time. Yeah. And it's like, and also it's like, you know, I'm hearing from the engineer. Well, the, you know, the lighting plan, the foot candles is what's required. It's like, you know, done, dusted, that's it. And I go out there, I'm like, 
oh yeah, this is a dark corner. <laughs> like, I don't think we're all thinking about the same thing until you actually see it. And um, scale, yeah. scale, 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 scale. Like right. as a designer, it's something you really, really learn when you start to go out on site. You know, we can draw a 15 foot ceiling or a 20 foot ceiling or a feature stair that is wrapping around an entire pre-function and think that, you know, on paper, it just looks like it's this big and it's, and we understand space and we understand all these different things, but the scale of that space and the way that space can feel once it's actually being built one-to-one can really change the way you perceive a space. And sometimes that has to be adjusted. And you're like, you're just not going to know until you go out there, but also listen to your contractor. Your contractor's telling you, I don't think this is how you intended this to look. Believe them. You know, nine times out of 10 or more, they're right. Believe them. I can't tell you how many times I had John Hunt give me a call and was so thankful that he gave me that call. Cause he's like, this doesn't look right, Jeanette. I don't think you want it like this. And I go out there and I'm like, you're right, John. I don't want it like that. <laughs> Let's talk about it. How can we fix it? And so, um, yeah. you know, having, being there for each other, no trusting your contractor to just know, like having someone, having a contractor that I know that their subs on site or they're on site and they're going to tell me when something goes wrong and not just, I mean, it's not their job to know whether I'm going to like it or not, but to have, but it is really nice when they do ask me that because they're just concerned. And sometimes it's nothing. I'm like, no, no, no. That's how I like it. And they're like, you sure? And I'm like, yes, sir. You know, that's how we like it. And they're like, all right. And they might not get it, but then some, most of the time it's not. And I'm like, thank you. Oh my God. Thank you for giving me a call, you know, and having somebody on site that, you know, can just, um, takes the extra time. Like, John doesn't have to do that. Maxwell doesn't have to do that. Chris doesn't have to do that. They don't have to give me the extra call just to see if this is exactly what I wanted. That's going above and beyond. That's that's yeah. sort of the really cool part about that too, you know? I think there's so much, like the people I work with, like truly care about mm-hmm. the project. Exactly. I, you know, not to say that not every company is like this, but I have come across certain companies that are just like, that's not my job. You know what I mean? Like they're there for the nine yeah. to five to get the paycheck to do exactly what's prescribed and then they go home and you know their brain is wiped clear of everything and they just go home like I can't tell you how many times especially as I was younger and as I continue it, it might be eight o'clock at night and I'll text one of my coworkers yeah. and be like you you remember that fry reglet I don't think that was right and he was like I'm just I was just thinking about I was that. just I'm laying in bed thinking you know? about it too it's like, <laughs> You know, it's like these projects, like we take, we care about them and they get under our skin and, you know, that's, there's a sense of pride that comes with that, that like we're, we're in it together with both the designers, with the owners. It's like, we care also. Um, Yeah. I don't think I've ever said, I mean, and I would think this is across, you know, any decent company, but I would can especially say it about Brassford. I don't think now that you say that I ever had a conversation with someone on site where they were like, that's not my job. And just walked away from me. I, I just, I genuinely can't. I, I don't think I have. Or even if it wasn't specifically their task or their job, they'd be like, you know what? I'm not sure, but let me go get Brian for you, and we'll and we'll and we'll, we'll talk about it. I never had someone to be like, that's not my problem, you know. And because, like you said, Eva's baby's gonna go stay there for her birthday, you know. Like y'all, this is your baby's just as much as it's my baby, just as any of us. Like we all taking pride in what you do. And I think that's probably a really good lesson for these people coming in. It's ownership of what you do and taking pride in what you do, like y'all do, no matter if it's pre-con, if it's a submittal, if it's a um, invoice. I mean, literally taking pride in what you do 
and really caring about it like y'all do, it, it, it just works wonders. It makes the project a better project. It's why people want to come back and they go, you should work with Brassfield. <laughs> Katie and me don't really that, care. That feeds into the culture that Brassfield has is if you're not succeeding, I'm not succeeding. If your yes. designer isn't succeeding, then we're, if your sub isn't making money, we're not making money. Like we're, it's all a collaboration and, and we want everyone to do well and everyone to be able to put that job on their win and their yeah. success. And, so and, some, and sometimes we get stuck. Yeah. And sometimes we get stuck in the sort of the wheel of the blame game where we're like, well, no, 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 we did it this way. And y'all didn't see it that way. And, and we all get, we all get stuck in it. But at the end of the day, I know we all really care if it turns out well. So then we'll all turn around and be like, well, you know what? I did it too. I could have been more open. Or I could have been more clear. You know, we all end up going, how can we just make it the best? It doesn't matter who was at fault at that point. Right. Right. It, it's like, it can continue to turn. And it's like, okay, we've all said our piece about that. What are we going to do yeah. now? Like <laughs> We all got it out. We're all pissed that so-and-so did this. Yeah. But you didn't do that. And she didn't do this. But what can we, we all yeah. want it to still What's be next? good. Yeah. We all yeah. want to fix it. Um. I will, I just appreciate y'all so much. Um, Katie, I need to get out on site and come say hi and come see you. Eva, I need to come visit you in your office up there. Um, I've yes. been up there a couple of times, but I've not been to your office specifically. So I'll come visit you. Um, and maybe we can grab some lunch sometime too, because y'all are just so lovely. And I see way too much of Chris and not enough of you, Eva. So we gotta, <laughs> we gotta fix that, even though I love Chris. He's in the office right now, so I'm seeing a lot of him too. I'm like, we got to get a job for you to go out on. Sir, there's only room for one Hartman there is in the stuff office. out there, and there's only room for one Hartman in this room. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. That's why my husband's on the healthcare side. I'm like, you and I, we're I was about not to say, doing Katie, the same, where is he? same industry. Mm -mm. Yeah. yeah. He does healthcare work. I'm like, I don't want to do healthcare work. You don't want to do commercial. Yeah, I yeah. love my husband with a, like, absolutely adore him, but I genuinely bless both of your hearts. I don't know if I could work with him. I have no idea how that would be. It might be totally fine. I have no idea, but it's, it, it seems like it's complicated, it can be complicated, but um, y'all are both amazing. And thank you. Thank you. I know you're so, so busy. We're all so crazy busy in this world. And I just appreciate y'all taking the time to like, come share your knowledge. Thank you again so much, seriously, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This was fun. Is, yeah. I was so nervous. <laughs>